Chris Lee and Blaine Gilmer of Southeastern 14 here. And boy, are we excited to preview this one. Tennessee's trip to Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama to face the Crimson Tide, one of the better rivalries in college football, of course, a year ago. Tennessee won that game in Knoxville in one of the best games of the college football season. You can catch this one on CBS at 2.30 Central. You've got a line in this one of Alabama minus nine and a half as we do this on Sunday night and the over under of 48, making for a predicted final score of 29 to 19 Alabama. What do the computers say? ESPN FBI has FPI has Alabama by 11 SP plus Alabama by six team rankings, Alabama by seven, Jeff Sagarin, Alabama by seven. So average all together. Alabama around an eight-point favorite. The Vols, of course, last week got their biggest win of the season, beating Texas A&M, and Alabama uh, made it more interesting than it needed to, but hung on to beat Arkansas. We've got a battle of of teams with some major strengths and some big-time question marks, and it all comes together. And just, again, cannot wait to see how this one plays out. Chris, when you're talking about interesting factoids and and just developments around games, look at the graphic there. The over-under this summer on this game was 66-and-a-half when it opened up. That Just talk about the perception of how these two teams has changed. Everybody was like, oh, Joe Milton is going to just sling the ball over the yard. He can, He's like Uncle Rico. He can throw it over them, their mountains, <laughs> and they're just going to, you know, it's going to be Ramel Keaton and Squirrel White and all these guys just pew, pew, pew everywhere. And they are the, they have the least dead last in the SEC in explosive passes this year. Wow. Last in the conference. Uh, their running game is is very good. They're playing a good brand of defense. And Alabama, the 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 same thing. They're kind of up and down offensively, playing really, really good defense. So you can see that movement there to 48 on the over-under. I just thought that was a – I thought that was just a good synopsis and a good uh, barometer of, okay, that's just how much these teams have changed identity-wise and perception-wise from back when these early lines went out in the summer to now, Chris. Well, and I saw the over-under at 52 when it came out Saturday afternoon around lunch. Thinking so, like a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I, I was I was shocked when you when you told me the the one that it settled on for tonight. But all right, let's talk about the Vols on offense against Alabama's defense. Here are the numbers. Tennessee averaging 36 and a half points a game. Alabama allowing 16 even yards per play for Tennessee, 6.6 per snap. Same on run plays, 6.7 on pass plays. And again, those take sacks out of the equation. Alabama, four and a half yards a snap. That is elite. 4.4 yards per rushing play, just 4.5 per passing play. Bama forcing turnovers at a 2% rate. Tennessee coughing it up at a 1.7% rate. And uh, boy, Alabama's defense really gets after it. I think um, was 31 sacks. Uh, the, the balls don't give them up. So you got Dallas Turner and those guys have just been a lead in terms of getting after the passer. We have documented Tennessee's problems in, in the in the passing game, but the running game has been stellar. They've got about three backs who can tote it. Plus they got Joe Milton, who's not afraid to to put his shoulder down and, and try to truck someone. 
yeah, I think you're going to want to know what Tennessee's going to do, and I, I think that's going to be run the ball, which it does 51% of the time. Yeah, and here's the thing, you know, when you're talking about crowd noise and all that kind of stuff, this game being in Bryant-Denny Stadium, how does that impact things? Because, Chris, what we saw, you know, when Florida went down to the Swamp was not a good offensive performance at all. Joe Milton, uh, you know, the the Florida pass rush was able to get to him, affect him a couple of times. He made some bad decisions with the football. They weren't able to run well. Uh, you know, on the on the road either there, but he played uh, not very well um, at home against Texas A&M. Joe Milton, now some of these were the receiver's fault, like Ramel Keaton should, dropped a touchdown pass that, that should have just – I mean, he should have been a walk-in touchdown. He dropped it right in his hand, so that one's not on Joe Milton. But 11-22 on the day, 100 yards passing, not something you envision if from a Josh Heupel team. Now, they did have 232 rushing yards against a very good uh, Texas A&M defensive front, albeit with Edron Cooper and Walter Nolan out for a good portion of that game. So I think that's something to, to look at there too, Chris. But I think you're looking at more of an old-school Alabama-type defense here with Deontay Lawson, uh, Jaheim Otis, you know, all these guys in the in the middle. And then, of course, we know what Braswell and Turner can do on the edges of it. But I think when you're talking about weakness against strength, you're looking at that Tennessee pass game, Chris, versus if you haven't had success going into this game, good luck having it against Caleb Downs, Malachi Moore, um, Terion Arnold, and Kool-Aid McKinstry. Because I don't think you can find a secondary that, that's playing uh, much better than 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 those guys right now. Uh, the only reason Arkansas was able to make some plays against them late is because of that great quote that we talked about in our live stream where Nick Saban said that K.J. Jefferson threw off a major college football player like a gnat yes. on a cow's ass <laughs> and, and went away from him and extended that play and made it. Just an all-time great quote from yeah. uh, Nick Saban there, so I really enjoyed that. But, yeah, I think it's going to be tough sledding for Tennessee to get that passing game going, but they're going to have to find some way to get it going because I don't know that you're just going to line up and be able to run the ball and get that tempo going on Alabama in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Well, I've got a correction and then an observation on Tennessee's offense. Okay, Alabama has given up 31 sacks. It has 26 sacks. So, actually, it is is giving up 4.2 per run play, 4.8 per pass play. So, my apologies for that. But, look, Tennessee's offense with Mays back at center, I, I really like the way that offensive line handled Texas A&M. I got to watch a good bit of that ball game. Again, I know Joe Milton's got his struggles and all that, but I think if Tennessee can go ball control, it runs at 51% of the time and, and get just enough, uh, That that is going to be the path to victory. Now, I feel like the offensive line, which has only given up six sacks all year, is even better with him back. Yeah, and and here's the thing. You talked about controlling the line of scrimmage, especially with Mays back at center. Um, at, an advanced metric you can look at for that is called line yards, and line yards means on rushing plays, how many yards is the offensive line responsible for on the average uh, of a play? Tennessee, Chris, is one of the higher ones in the country, 3.33 yards, line yards for the offensive line. That means they're getting a really good push, and they're resetting the line of scrimmage. So that I think that's something to be encouraged by if you're a Tennessee fan. But the the predicted points added for as a team for Tennessee, 
point two two seven. That's well below the league average. They're just not being explosive enough in the passing game. Eventually, you have to have explosives, and and the reason is, is because it is just hard to go on 10, 12 play drives uh, and not make a mistake. And it just at yeah. this level in SEC against SEC defenses, you got to have some explosives to get the ball into the end zone. Um, and part of the problem for Tennessee has been that they have not been able to convert on opportunities. Tennessee, in terms of scoring opportunities, a scoring opportunity considered when you get inside your opponent's 40-yard line, they've had 42 of those this year. Their average points per opportunity, Chris, is 3.6, so that's just over a field goal. They're not turning them into touchdowns frequently enough, and that's the difference between Tennessee's offense this year uh, and last year. Yeah, and here's another thing. If you're Tennessee, you need to stay ahead uh, of the chains because if you get into third and eight, third and nine, again, uh, the offensive line has been pretty good in protection, but you're not going to face probably guys like you will face in Dallas Turner and and those guys. And and number two, I don't know how much you want to be putting it up against Kool-Aid McKinstry. Caleb Downs, all those guys. I mean, they've got an elite secondary. And I know Milton just thrown three picks all year, but um, you know, some of those errant throws could could find some hands against this defense. Well, I just think it was indicative of what you you saw at times in that game, just how much jo- Josh Heupel did or did not trust Joe Milton because there was downs and distances last year where there was no doubt Hendon Hooker would have been putting the ball up in the air, and sometimes they just you know, it's third and third and 12. And they said, all right, well, we're just going to run it right here. A little draw play or a little inside handoff, something like that. And I just think that's indicative of not having great trust in him right now. And we'll see, we'll see if it, uh, how that plays out on the road. Um, but it's going to be a raucous environment and this Tennessee, this Tennessee offense, I think is going to have to find ways to have extensions of the run game, whether it's slip screens, um, you know, whether it's end rounds, things like that with some of those receivers and playmakers to keep that Alabama, uh, that Alabama defense honest, because if they can just focus on trying to stop Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson, Jabari Small in that run game um, and don't have to worry about much on the back end, then it's it's going to get it could be a long night in terms of offensively for Tennessee. Yeah, well, the, the Vols defense pretty good itself it's it's not quite Alabama but we have talked about Tennessee just really being able to get after the, the, the passer uh Vols allowing 17 points a game uh they have gotten let me make sure this is up to date uh sacks so far for Tennessee bear with me uh 20 24 and honestly it feels like more than that um because they have just really gotten after teams at times. Spencer Rattler can can tell you some stories there. That uh, They've been pretty good against the run, pretty good against the pass. Alabama has gone for 5.2 yards per rushing play, 6.9 per passing play, turned it over just 1.4% of the time. So that's been good. Tennessee forcing turnovers at a little bit under a 2% rate. Uh, we've said it time and time again, Tennessee's defense – can cause all kinds of disruption, and uh, boy, that's – Alabama is on a, a streak of allowing four sacks and what was it, three, four, five, six straight games in a row. I've lost count by now, but it, it is just so un-Alabama-like. It is astonishing, but but yet Jalen Milrow is getting better. Um, they, they've got some playmakers, and I think this side is going to be very interesting too. 
Yeah, part of the reason that it it's a struggle for Alabama is because Caden Proctor at left tackle just continues to get abused as a as a true freshman there for for Alabama. It just gets beat time after time. Landon Jackson dominated him uh you know at different times in that game on Arkansas's defense uh in that in this game this past Saturday. So I think that is a a issue there and uh, they've tried to play Elijah Pritchett some that hasn't worked much better. Um, at left tackle, and that's just not a good position to not have a a quality you know starter at right now. Chris is at, at left tackle. They've also had problems with bad snaps from McLaughlin there at center time and time again. It seems like at least one or two a game. So those are just mind boggling things that you normally don't expect out of a Nick Saban uh, team. Now I know uh, Tommy Reese is trying to bring a new identity to this team, but they kind of got away from that identity late in that ball game. They kind of stopped running the football as much, threw through some more passes, put the ball in harm's way a little bit, uh, didn't convert, and, and and extend drives to a certain amount of time, and allowed allowed Arkansas to claw their way back into that game with some more opportunities. But Chris, you're you're absolutely right that the Tennessee defense is no. Nothing to nothing to laugh at, laugh at in like in previous years, you know, when it was okay, uh, high flying and things like that, and we're just going to try to score more points. No, they're they're playing a good quality brand of football uh, under under Josh Heupel. And one thing that you notice about them is that teams don't often get into scoring position against them. There's only been 27 drives against Tennessee this year that have crossed over their own 40-yard line. And, Chris, on that, the average points per opportunity they're allowing is 2.8, which is elite, less than a field goal in those opportunities. So Tennessee is doing a really good job of not allowing people to convert uh, opportunities where they drive into their territory into points. That's really, really good. And I think, uh, like you said, the havoc is up there. Their defensive stuff rate, 22% of the time, they're stopping people's opponents' runs at or behind the line of scrimmage. So a very salty uh, de- defensive front for Tennessee. They are a little susceptible in the back end, and we know Alabama's kind of become a shot offense where they're they're taking deep shots, and it's kind of hit or miss sometimes. They're going to have to keep an eye on Jermaine Burton but I think that is going to be an interesting matchup, that defensive front of Tennessee versus a struggling, uh, at times, Alabama offensive line. All right, Blaine, should be a dandy. I think the, the movement on the over-under is interesting. I think this will be a defensive struggle. I just don't bet against Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa, although he's, he's lost one there to Texas already. But I, I just think that Alabama has gotten a little bit better Tennessee's a fine football team, but I think this one probably goes wherever the home venue is, and in this case, it's in Tuscaloosa. Therefore, I'm going with Alabama. Yeah, I think when people tell you who they are, you listen to them. And time and time again, Joe Joe Milton has shown us that uh, he's just not the guy capable of taking Tennessee to that next next level. He, he laid an egg uh, on the road against Florida. He's lost the job. Um, you know, a couple times at Michigan and then once to Hendon Hooker at Tennessee and now has has had different times where he struggled. This offense is not uh, explosive enough to be able to do what you need to do to go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and win. I think that crowd makes a big difference. I think Jalen Milrow, uh, you know, ends up making enough plays against a what I'd consider a good Tennessee defense. And I think Alabama wins this football game more so by the – 
legs of Jalen Monroe making some plays outside the pocket and then some some off-schedule stuff to Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond, some of those guys down the field. I like Alabama to win. I'm not sure they cover uh, just because I think it will be kind of a rock fight at different times, but I like Alabama to win this game. All right, can't wait to see it. We'll recap it later on Saturday night. Best way to catch that is to hit the subscribe button to our channel and enable your notifications. For Blaine Gilmer, I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again soon with more SEC football content.